in some way like it is kind of like selfish to like feel bad for myself because it's it's what he gave me and so um every day i'm not gonna be you know smiling and saying thank you for my neuropathy lord but also like i when i do get those emotions i'm reminded of what he's done through it and what he's done through it is so much more of a blessing than um, focusing on the pain daily welcome my name is kelly darty and i'm the host of the his hill podcast it's good to have you with us i have with me today one of our first year students uh Alyssa smith from arizona where in arizona are you from um i'm from a small town called queen creek arizona okay what is that is that near phoenix it is about 50 minutes south of phoenix okay 50 five zero (laughs) so it's in mexico uh Sort of. <laughs> Tucson is in Mexico. Okay. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> okay, so um, you're uh, you're in your second semester here, okay? And you were giving your testimony last week in our, our chapel, and I was really encouraged by what I had to hear and how clear you were with you know talking about you know the, the Lord in your life and what He's brought you through and and where He has you now, and so I thought it would be. Uh, profitable and a blessing for our listeners to uh, to have the chance to hear the same thing. So thanks for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, why don't we start by uh, just giving you a chance to tell us about your, your family background, okay? Uh, tell us about your childhood, growing up. What kind of family did you grow up in? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a, I would say, a believing family. Um, Both my parents claimed to be Christians, and um, yeah, all I can remember is we went to youth group, went to church, and um, they were very involved from the time I can remember. Um, My dad actually gave his life to Christ at their wedding, so... Mm. um, How did that happen? I remember you saying that. I thought that's so interesting. How, How did that happen? Yeah, so God had been stirring his heart very like into their like dating years because my grandma was a believer um but kind of through yeah just the lord working in his heart and that just happened to be the day that god just really broke him Mm. and uh he was actually one of his i think like old football coaches was there and um was just a very strong believer my dad played football and just something he said the light bulb went off for him to get the gospel and understand it wow yeah and so Kind of from there, um, yeah, they obviously got married, and my mom was a believer, but they had, I think, some struggles early on in their marriage, and um, very good marriage together, but just were learning what it meant to be young believers, and mm-hmm. um, what it meant to be a Christian, and they had kids very early on, and so, yeah, but... Okay. Um, Where do you come in? Are you the oldest? No, I'm the youngest of two, so okay. I have one older brother. Okay. Yeah. And how much older is your brother? He is two years older. Okay. Yeah. Well, what was it like? Did you always, did you grow up in Arizona? Yes. Yep. We moved around a couple of times, but. Always within the state? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so what was it like for you growing up uh, with with the Lord in this family? How did the Lord work in, in your heart? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, obviously grew up going to church, but. Um, when I was younger, I definitely, I had just this love for Jesus and I didn't know really who he was, but, um, (laughs) I just, yeah, from the time I can remember, I loved him and I don't think I gave my life fully to Christ until I went to a summer camp and I don't know, it was like a light, light bulb went off kind of like my dad. And I remember just literally just sobbing and, Mm. um, 
I was like, I just want to be with him. And I had someone explain that to me and explain the gospel. And I just went off, went off to the side and they like, do you want to do it with me or by yourself? And I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and so I was like, I think I was in fourth grade. I just went to the side of this camp and I can like remember like it was yesterday and I just gave my life to Christ mm. and they played like a song and yeah, I was just like crying of joy. Okay. So, Neat. Yeah. So, um, you, you're a believer now about nine years old. Okay. And what, you know, what was your understanding for those, those preteen years going into your teenage years of what it meant to, to be a Christian? What, what, what was, if anybody asked you that, how would you describe it at that time? Um, I would say Jesus died on the cross for me and I'm a Christian, but I didn't really know what that meant or Christ in me. Like I had no idea until mm. about two years ago. Okay. So. so during that time, I mean, w- were you like a regular church attender? Did there, were there other things in your life that were, w- that were, you know, taking a lot of attention, big thing for you? What, what was that like? Yeah. So we grew up very athletic family, um, played pretty much every sport. Yeah. You said your dad was a football player. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, soccer was always been a big part of my life. So I started playing when I was three and club soccer when I was eight and, um, kind of from there going into, yeah, preteen and then junior high and then all the way into high school is just, that was my life. Mm. So, what did that entail that, you know, being in soccer like that all the time? Was it just a, a once a week thing or what was, what was involved? What was it like? Um, no, for me, it was kind of like every day, um, oh. every, yeah, every chance I could get, I was training, I was practicing with friends, I was doing private training. Um, we had games every weekend, we had tournaments we were preparing for, we had summer training. So it was like, it was my life. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that started at about what age? Um, probably eight and then going just more and more and more into my like freshman year of high school. Okay. So now you, you said before you didn't really understand what it meant to be a Christian. And so now soccer's become such a big thing in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, did you, did you ever see a conflict there or, or not? Um, yeah, yeah. I think I like listened to worship music while I would play soccer and, um, I knew that there was like something missing, but I just never kind of got that explained to me mm-hmm. um, until like my older high school years and um, kind of just struggled a lot with that and struggled what that looked like and um, went through like seasons of doubt and just so many things that kind of got me to the place of like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of where I, yeah, I literally got on my knees. I was like, I can't do this, but I know you can. So, okay, yeah. Uh, w- w- do you remember what age you were? at that time um i think that was my junior year of high school okay so like 17 yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um now going into high school you um did you play for school in junior high or in middle school or was it until you got to high wasn't until you got to high school you did yes okay so okay so this is a big deal you're playing a lot of soccer you get to high school and tell us about soccer with that yeah, um, so I go into my freshman year, I'd made a team that I'd wanted to make pretty much my whole life, um, and then only a couple months into that season, I started having lots of pain, and um, yeah, just through that, I took a break, um, lots of pain in my hands. And now, you say feet. you just took a break. Was it that simple of a decision? <laughs> 
No. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, obviously that was my life. And so that was kind of like the last resort was we went to doctor's office after doctor's mm. office. There was nothing orthopedically wrong. So nothing wrong. So what was the bones. problem? What was the pain? It was in your feet. Yeah. When okay. I was playing soccer. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So just a constant pain. Yeah. Um, and I would run, it was just like, I remember the specific weekend that it started. Um, and it was just like, I was like, I can't, I can't run anymore. Like I couldn't even walk after that, mm. those games that weekend. And, um, did it actually hurt to play? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was like the weirdest feeling. Cause I had started to feel it in years past, but, um, I would just ice it and it would get better. Okay. Um, I kind of just ignored it cause I didn't really <laughs> want to stop playing soccer. Um, and then yeah, kind of through that, it was just like got worse and worse and worse. And it went from like jogging every once in a while to like walking to like not being able to walk at all. So mm. it just got progressively, um, worse. And so I was like, I need to take a break. I need to let my body rest for a little bit. And I did like, s like nine months of physical therapy and it mm. did nothing. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> then you, then you decide you need to take a break. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. And what did that entail? How did that, how, well, first of all, tell us what was that like? What was the break? What was involved with the break? Yeah. So during that time, I'd actually um, went from a, a school I was at and I had just transferred schools, um, different high schools, and it was closer to home, but it was like a primarily like Mormon school. Okay. Um, and yeah, um, through that time, it was just like pretty much nine months of the Lord just breaking me and showing me where my pride was in soccer and where my heart was. And it was 100% in soccer. Mm. And I think as I started to put so much into soccer, um, I kind of just lost so much more with my relationship with the Lord as far as like he was there. But um, just decisions with friends and kind of through that, yeah, it was just like, God continually showed me that it wasn't just like soccer I was putting above him. It was friends and okay. um, kind of losing relationships with family and um, all those things kind of once you walk away from the Lord, it's kind of just everything else flows from that. And so, yeah, um, pretty much through that, my, yeah, so my freshman year. You know, you, you said that you, you went to, after you took the break is when you went to a different school. Mm -hmm. So making this team determined where you went to school, I guess. Um, so I was playing club. The only, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I understand. Okay. So now you're, you're in a school that's primary, that, that is attended primarily by Mormons. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say it's there that the Lord, you know, kind of got, got a hold of you, mm -hmm. your heart there. Were you struggling any with, with what you were seeing or hearing with, you know, with the other students who maybe were Mormon? And I just think it's interesting because <laughs> yeah. you're so fixated on, on, soccer mm -hmm. and then when the lord starts to you know bring you to the end of that he puts you into a you know a school that's surrounded by mormons I, that's just really interesting to yeah. me that t tell tell us a little bit about that what was yeah um so that school just pretty much everyone claimed it to be christian and that just like something about me was like i don't think you are okay <laughs> and so god just kind of used that to start stirring in my heart of like kind of asking them and challenging them like, well, why do you believe you're a Christian? And then I was like, why do I believe I'm a Christian? <laughs> and, um, through that, yeah, just through many conversations and talking to people and, um, kind of not like debates, just conversations mm -hmm. about theology and okay. uh, what they believe. And they know, they know their Bible and they also know their, the book of Mormon is mm -hmm. what they, um, believe in. And so, 
uh, just through all those conversations, God was like, do you believe in me? And do you want to follow me? And through that, I was like, yes, I totally do. And I need to come back to you and kind of just repented of the sin I was living in and changed a lot that year and restored relationships and um, actually became really good friends with those those students there at that mm-hmm. school. Um, still talk to them, still mm-hmm. Mormon, but um, yeah, so... Okay. All right. That's neat that, 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 you know, it's just interesting to me the way the Lord, you know, did that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, and and I think also it just shows his sovereignty, how, you know, how, how faithful he is that Mm -hmm. you could be in a, you know, take you out of soccer, put you into a a surrounding there with good people, I'm sure, but, uh, not believers. And, and, and the Lord is, is able to work in your heart and show you these things as an incredible testimony. So, okay. So now, um, where from there, what was it that, what was it that you, how would you say now that your understanding of being a Christian is different from when it was before that moment? Um, before it was kind of like there was everything else and God was kind of mixed in there. Um, but it was like, no, God comes first and Mm. everything, family, friends, soccer, like all else is under that. And he should be above all. And kind of just having that like fear in my heart and it changed everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. It sounds kind of like what Paul says in Philippians for me to live is Christ. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, yeah, it's, it's not a combination of things and Christ is the big part, but Mm -hmm. Christ is my life. And, and, and because of that, then these other things take proper perspective or proper mm-hmm. place and, uh, and, and can actually be the relationships that, that they should be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's neat. Okay. So now there's a, there's been a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. and, um, and you're about 17 years old. Uh, what, what happened from there? Did you graduate from that school? No, I did not. Okay. So you went somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, after all of that and just the Lord working in my heart, I wanted to go into ministry. And so I was only a junior in high school. And this is definitely my own decision just because I thought this was the best way. Um, but one of my best friends, she had gone to a private Christian school. And I was like, that sounds good to go into ministry. And still didn't really understand the idea that like ministry is where you're at. Um, yeah. But convinced my parents to move there, move me there my junior year. It was the hardest year um, of my life. And just for people that aren't from from the States, your junior year is, um, you're, you're 17. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. This is before, 11th yeah, the 11th grade, before yeah. your last, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then at that school, yeah, they it was a private Christian school, um, but I've never struggled more than I had being there. Um, it was, it pushed me in so many areas just because I had grown up in the same church most of my life and through, yeah, so many different teachers and so many different students there, there were just many different beliefs and denominations Mm -hmm. and I was so confused. Really? Um, Yeah. I, so your struggle was, was what specifically just different beliefs of Christian of Christians? Yeah. It was from like, since I was having health problems, I had so many people telling me like the Lord um, is going to heal you. Mm. And I did not believe that, but it was, they're saying something was wrong and that it was, it's a sin if you're not healed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that was like the main event that kind of just, led into so much confusion after mm. that um i think it was mostly hurt because i was like i'm like I, 
don't know what that means. Like, yeah. um, and so I just started praying, like, Lord, show me if there is a sin. So I, I didn't even know. I had barely read the Bible at this point, and so I was just like, I didn't know that that wasn't truth fully, and that, I mean, I fully believe the Lord can heal, um, but that's not based off our own doing, and it's Him. So, right. Okay, good. Okay, so that's your junior year. Yeah. What was the senior year, your, your grade 12 year? Yeah, so after that year, um, I was... It was expensive <laughs> to go to that school, <laughs> honestly. And so I had two classes left. I graduated early. And that whole year, um, I was able to do an internship at my church and work. And, yeah, it was a good year. Okay. Internship mm-hmm. doing what? Um, I was in the events ministry. And okay. so I did, like, weddings and women's events and yeah. all that stuff. Okay. So. Neat. Okay. So what... What about your your health? That's mm-hmm. that's what was going on during all this time. I'm I'm assuming you never went back to playing soccer. No, no, okay. I have not played soccer since that that weekend. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So you haven't attempted it. You just know that it's not. You know why have you not done? It? You just know you can't physically can't or or what? Yeah. So I definitely attempted it many many times. Um, and that's kind of why I think. Every single time I would try during this time, we didn't get an answer until about six months ago of what this was. And so through this time, I would get kind of frustrated of like, I love working out and I love soccer and my friends were playing things and I would have so much pain, but all the doctors were saying that there really wasn't anything, but there has to be something. And so it was just this process of waiting for these answers of, am I okay or I mean, I'm obviously not because of the pain I'm having and trying to find the right doctor to give me the answer and help us to move forward. And I still had this hope of like, I might play soccer. Um, And so I'd do like small workouts here and there to like try and get myself ready for college soccer. And yeah, we went to this one specialist and he was the one who was like, you will never be playing soccer again. Mm. And I remember sitting there and I was like, I feel like that was my last like thing. I was like, it was like a clenched fist that I was hanging on to and God was like, let it go. When, when was this? This was my junior year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and still you didn't know exactly what was wrong. Yeah. At that point they had said it was something called cuboid syndrome, which I have. Um, but that wasn't like the main problem. All right. Okay. So you've finished school. You've, You've, uh, you know, you've been challenged in your faith mm-hmm. uh, in different ways going, you know, with with people that were non-believers, people that were believers, all these things thrown at you. And in the midst of all of this, you're dealing with your physical um, situation. Where where's your heart toward the end of high school with the, with the Lord in all of this? Yeah, um, I would say going into like my senior year, I was just confused. Um, I had a lot to heal from, from things that, yeah, I had no idea I needed healing from. My, when I was doing that internship and working, it was, I had found out a lot of other things just with my family and um, things that I had never worked through. And kind of through that, the Lord just broke me over and over and over again. And it was just like a year of healing and this year as well, (laughs) being at school. Um, And yeah, all I can say was like, I knew that 
God was good throughout all of it, but it was hard. Okay. Um, I was confused with my health and why almost lost soccer. But like what I love to tell people is like my health only reminds me of like how much I need him and that he alone is my satisfaction because mm. I wake up every day and I still have pain and there's days where I, I can't do much and um, Lord's there and he's with me and he truly is like that hand on me who's just comforting. So. Mm. How, um, being a parent, <laughs> I, I can't help but think about your parents walking through this with you. I, uh, it just had to be heartbreaking for them. Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, did, did you guys spend a lot of time, you know, talking through this and going to the Lord? Um, yeah, I think it was a blessing in our family. Mm. Um, because like I said, like kind of through high school, I didn't have, like I had a very good relationship with them, but, um, this just brought us closer mm. because even now to this day, like there are people who understand, but something about my family is they've been through, the ups and downs and every appointment and every breakdown and every smile and all of it. And so, um, yeah. And like, they're the only ones who understand really everything. And, Mm -hmm. um, even my process and just how the Lord used it. Like my mom will cry talking about every time because she just, she sees it as a blessing is obviously now I do too. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So you've graduated from high school. How did you end up coming here? Well, um, I, yeah, there was like kind of a, a turning part point in my junior year. Um, there's a lot that happened in my junior year. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but I was at this ranch and it was kind of during like COVID and stuff. And I was like, Lord, what does ministry mean? And what does my future look like? Like, I'm not playing soccer. I don't know what I want to do. And I like I have no idea pretty much. And so I remember just praying um, and just asking for guidance. And it was like this one specific weekend that obviously I think the Lord had been working up to that point, but it was just so clear to be like, go to Bible school. I didn't know what that meant. I had never heard of a Bible school before. Um, I've heard of seminary. And so I started looking and asking people like, I don't know, is there a four year, like, I got accepted in like four-year Bible colleges and Christian universities, but none of them felt right. And um, through a friend, I just found his hill, and it was. I remember showing my mom the video online, and mm-hmm. she just started crying, and she's like, mm. "You're gonna go there next year." Oh wow! And I was like, "Yeah, I totally agree." Mm. <laughs> and so just through like series of events, and um, really just that was the time where I was like, Lord, I don't want my way. <laughs> like. I'm so done with my way. Like my way always fails. I create nothing good. And I have never like went to the Lord like that, except for the decision to come to his hill. And it was so clear. Wow. <laughs> um, and it was so cool how, yeah, just everything worked out to be here. Hmm, that's mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, you know, again, scripture came to mind as you were talking to you when Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think as believers, well, I know, because I know personally and, and by observation of so many that that's our biggest problem is we keep thinking, you know, there's, there's something, there's some good in me. There's something in me Mm -hmm. that I can do for Jesus. And, and that was, and that's the opposite of of what he created us for and it's opposite of how he lays things out in scripture. Mm -hmm. But it, it just seems like we're so hard headed, you know, and it takes us 
a while to come mm-hmm. around to that. And then I find too that we have to keep reminding each other of this yeah. because it's, you know, we battle with the flesh and so easy, so easily can fall back into that, you know, mm-hmm. multiple times a day. <laughs> uh, but the Lord is faithful to point that out. So, okay. You came to his hill. Now you said you didn't find out what the, the physical issue was until about six months ago. Yeah. So was this just before you got here or was it, has it been since you've been here? Yeah, so, I mean, technically, like, officially diagnosed, it was only over, like, in December. Okay, okay, so you so, had an idea before, but yeah. go ahead and tell everybody what was what was the diagnosis. Yeah, so it's called peripheral polyneuropathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's, like, the, I don't know, So it's a form of term. neuropathy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, which is not very common for somebody your age. No, it's not. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, my dad had neuropathy and um and that was you know i hated to see that you know just amazing how it affected him Mm -hmm. um and i and i have uh, my my, uh my mother-in-law uh deals with it some too i had no idea somebody as young as you could could get this were were the doctors surprised yeah that's why it took i think it was almost a full five years of doctor's Mm -hmm. appointments for them to finally like not admit that I had it, but um, just kind of out of like their grace, do like they wanted to do everything they could to like not go that route, just because there's not a cure, or anything like that. So, so tell everybody just what does that mean? What what is neuropathy? Yeah, so it's pretty much just a nerve disease, um, and it either attacks like your main nerves or your small fiber nerves. And right now, it's only in my small fiber nerves, um, but it it spreads and so it started in my feet went to my hands and I feel it sometimes like in my elbows and just like weird weird places like that and um sometimes the pain just throughout the day well it's so like in waves of like some weeks it'll be like I'm normal and totally fine and then the next week it's like I'll be so nauseous and Mm. um not because of the nerve disease but just because of the pain and Um, so yeah, it affects pretty much like everything, how I eat, what I can do to exercise. Um, yeah, so many things. And so it affects the, pretty much the extremities of your body. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, um, it also, um, with the pain, then also if I, if I understand it right, also it affects the actual, the sensitivity, the, the, Mm -hmm. the feeling, you know, you can't actually feel things properly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I have an oversensitivity. Okay. Some people have a numbness. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you say there's no healing. There's, there's No, I didn't say that's not right. No healing, that's not <laughs> right. Uh, you said that there's uh, there's no cure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, when you're told that, <laughs> what's going through your mind, your heart? Yeah, um, I think I didn't really fully understand that until the doctor, I was in the doctor's office this past December, and I was like, there's no cure (laughs) um but it was actually really cool because right after that we came back here and we went through ecclesiastes and that's something that i feel like god has already put on my heart of like i mean everything's vanity but like also this isn't home (laughs) Mm. and Mm. what better like what better thing to just wake up and live my life for the lord and um from his yeah from his love and um I'm like, what else is there besides doing something for eternity? Wow. Um, kind of just having the eternal mindset of hopefully everything I do, I can just die to myself and say, Lord, you you live in through me and in every conversation and 
through classes and what you teach me and what you know I need healing from like all those things just work through me and kind of as I it's kind of like a daily moment by moment thing to where I just have to say when I'm either frustrated or in pain I'm just like Lord you know like you know why um and each day yeah some days it's harder and some days I have to cry on a friend's shoulder but that's also the blessing of being here at the hill is there's just so many people here who um, have walked through even getting this diagnosis and um, the emotions that come with it, but then also just, like, yeah, pointing me straight back to Christ and saying, like, he has a plan, and um, you have seen him work in and through this, and so, like, don't give up now. Like, just look ahead and look towards him, and moment by moment, just see the good. Mm. (laughs) And I can only do that through him. Well, so. that's that's really encouraging. You know, I think that's as believers, we're the only people that can, uh, you know, James says, consider it all joy. Mm-hmm. And we try to we try to make that palatable. You know, I, I used to teach the book of James and I had to really grapple and work through that. Uh, but we do. We try to make that phrase palatable. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. And and we'll say, well, you know, joy and happiness are two different things. And and joy is, uh, I think, what was it? A lot of people used to tell me, well, joy is a, um, happiness is a feeling and joy is a state of mind. And I thought, well, no, let's look at this. And, and you look it up in the dictionary and part of the definition for joy is happiness. And part of the definition of happiness is joy. And then you do a word study from scripture and you find out that the word that's used there in James 1 for joy is actually an emotion. Mm-hmm. Every other time it's used in Scripture, no one debates that in these other references that, oh, yeah, it's, it's joy, it's a feeling, it's an emotion. To consider it all joy when you encounter various trials has got nothing to do with, wow, I just love neuropathy. <laughs> you know, just if, I, if it would just speed up and I have more, no. But to consider all joy when you encounter various trials the, your joy is not with the pain. Your joy is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, it is, it, it, and it does affect us, you know, in these things, you know, to, in such a way that, you know, so often we, we can't really, we can't explain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so consider all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance the lord's working you know he 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 either allows or does these things in our life we you know depending on the circumstances um he for a purpose is that he wants to he wants to grow us he wants us to know deeper what it is to be his Mm -hmm. and so how could there not be joy with that you know in the tears yeah in Mm -hmm. the confusion Mm -hmm. you know uh that there's there's joy and um so you know i so hearing you say that, you know, that you're learning to become eternal minded mm-hmm. uh, is really, I'm very excited to hear that because uh, like, how old are you now? 19? I'm 18. You're 18. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're 18 years old and, and you're learning that this, th- this is nothing. Mm-hmm. This is, this is just, this, this is not even a drop in the bucket of time. And you know, I think believers need to encourage each other with that because we are the only people on this earth that can live that way, you know, with a, an eternal mindset, with hope, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's going to have an eternal life. Yeah. But it's either going to be one of hope 
because of what Christ has done on our behalf, it's going to be one of despair for eternity. And uh, you're right. We need to learn to think this way. That, you know, it, because what Jesus, what he, what he has offered us in John 3.16 is eternal life. Mm-hmm. And not a temporal life, not a comfortable now life, mm-hmm. not a life the way you want it, you know, but the, his life, his way. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's really, um, I, I'm, I, I'm, I know I'm turning into a teacher here, but yeah, I, I, I've, I've stepped into the classroom now, but so I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll back out. But anyway, um, now that you're here, um, what are things that the Lord specifically is teaching you? What's he doing? So much. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, last semester I was telling one of my good friends here, I was like, I feel like every week the Lord just took me and broke me in every way possible. Hmm. Um, and kind of just like, yeah, just small sins in my life and also just even things from my past that I've never worked through and so many different things of even growing in a community and what that looks like and what conflict looks like and what it means to abide with him daily and what it means to be in this environment and yeah, so much. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now you, you had one sibling Yeah. or have one sibling and, uh, and your sibling is a boy, and he's older. So um, all of a sudden, here you are in a dorm with a bunch of girls. <laughs> How did that, what, was there a transition with that? Or Yeah, um, so I actually worked at a summer camp this past summer, okay. and that was kind of like the rough transition. Okay. Um, yeah, I had eight, there was eight of us in one room, and it was like the smallest room, smaller than probably my room at home, with eight of us girls, and that was hard. Mm. Um, so much conflict, so much, so many tears, because <laughs> we're girls, but sure. also just like, it was beautiful through the three months of being there to be like, all of us were kind of coming straight from like high school, and so we all were working through the same thing, and we're like, we're going to take our personalities and instead of seeing this these differences um and allowing them to like divide us and kind of have these arguments like we're gonna just allow each other to um push each other towards the lord and in the way that god made us different um because naturally you have a conflict with people Mm -hmm. whether that's the way they grew up or the way they make their bed or being dirty or like even the smallest things kind of just Honestly, it just led me to prayer um, because there's some times where my flesh just wanted to be frustrated with it, but um, the Lord taught me so much to just turn to Him, even in those moments where it's like, well, do I need Him? It's like, you do need Him mm-hmm. in every moment, and it's crazy how prayer just turned my mindset to be like, they are a sister in Christ, and we are here to serve the Lord in summer camp, and these kids need us, and so... Um, yeah, not l- letting those small things get to me. And I think going into the hill, um, my roommates are my best friends. That's great. And so all summer I was praying. I was like, Lord, I just pray for a small room, and I'm in the biggest room here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're my best friends. So we actually, I don't think we've had one argument. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. So you're in one of the big rooms. How many How many roommates? Um. Well, Technically five, but one left so far. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that, that really, they are big rooms. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least the big rooms are big rooms anyway. Mm-hmm. The small ones are small, but the big ones are big. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, you, um, so you hear, 
and you you've mentioned several times in just how you've gone to prayer mm-hmm. and i find that interesting too because from what you're saying you're you're going what's so important about prayer and i think it's hard to find a christian to say that will say that prayer is not important mm-hmm. but i think often we don't understand why it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a time to, you know, God, here's my problem, and this is what I want you to do with it. But more of a time where instead of us trying to get him to do our will, we want to come in line with his will. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's interesting how you've you've said several times that, you know, that he in all these different situations you've talked about, that he has broken me. And uh, so he's showing you something of yourself, and then you, and you were mentioning something earlier in, in one of your prayers. It's just you know, Lord, you know, what do you want to do with this? It was something something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that's what you've you're coming to understand is that prayer is important because it's a time for me to to come in line mm-hmm. with the Lord. Yeah. So you would agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think. I never, like, my mom's a total prayer warrior, and she would always say, like, whenever I came to her with a problem, she would say, well, have you prayed about it? And I mm-hmm. would say, um, nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, like, through that, I just, um, there's a time where I was like, Lord, show me what prayer means, and he, he showed me. Um, and I think through, yeah, it's kind of just being like, Lord, thank you. Um, I think something that has really like changed my perspective on prayer is instead of saying like, Lord, today, would you give me this? Would you give me this? It's like, thank you that you are, um, like, thank you that you are wisdom. Thank you that you are Mm. my joy and my peace and my love. And thank you that you are you because like, no matter what this day holds, you are good. And as I started praying and like almost declaring who he is, it automatically changes what I ask of him Mm -hmm. because, then it's aligning. I feel like that already puts my head in the right space of like, this is not my life. This right. is his life. Yeah. So. This is not about me. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and in your case, this neuropathy is not about me. Yeah. And I think that's, that's necessary, you know, for all of us to come to, to realize that this life is not about me. For, you know, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is his life. Mm-hmm. And so Lord, what do you want to do with this? I remember Bob Hobson uh, was a guest be- guest speaker of ours for years. Um, and part of the old guard of the torchbearers. And he used to tell us that every day I jump out of bed and I drop dead. <laughs> Lord, this is your life and your day. Where are we going? And that, you know, I can, I can, he said that over and over again throughout the years, you know, and, and, and I've, I've, I've come to really appreciate that Mm -hmm. because it's, it's an accurate description, you know, what, what it means to, uh, to, to live this life and to, and to, and what, and what prayer should be like too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're a student, you get the, you get the diagnosis last, (laughs) last month. Um, how are you doing? Um, good. Yeah. I had to change a little bit as far as like my, like eating and not eating as much sugar and, um, kind of just at Christmas time, you find out you have to (laughs) cut back on sugar. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually, a lot of the things that they had kind of told me I needed to change, I had figured out on my own because of like process and air of like, this hurts, this doesn't kind of that thing. Um, so honestly, I'm I'm doing good. It's not like anything changed just because it's an official diagnosis. Um, the first week was like kind of weird mentally processing through what like the rest of my life would look like and 
Um, but I had kind of already processed through all that and I had a feeling it was something like that. So, um, even though it was new, what do you think in the rest of your life is going to look like? You know, each case is different. Um, it's, there's no telling. So we're getting more tests over spring break and that will show of like the, I don't know if you can see the progression, but they kind of use their medical terms and all that. And that will give me a more of a clear view of like what the future will look like. Um, what's the, what's the possibility? Yeah. So I guess like worst case scenario, you can start losing feeling. And, um, I think maybe like 30 years down the road, you could probably be paralyzed and Mm -hmm. that's like worst case scenario. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, best case is that the Lord takes it away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're good. Yeah. How's Mm -hmm. that possible? How can you be good? You're 18 (laughs) years old. I don't know, God. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, yes, it's part of my life, but like, I think of it as I, I, yeah, it goes back to like, this is not my life. Like Mm -hmm. this, there's so much more fulfillment in fixing my mind on him. And Mm -hmm. I think especially being at Bible school and like we're submersed in his word and we have, I have my quiet time and then we have our homework and we have five classes a day. And so, um, it's just a blessing that I'm constantly being pointed back to Christ with the friends and also the classes and just a reminder of like, it's, in some way, like, it is kind of, like, selfish to, like, feel bad for myself because it's it's what he gave me. And so um, every day I'm not going to be, you know, smiling and saying, thank you for my okay. neuropathy, Lord. But also, like, I when I do get those emotions, I'm reminded of what he's done through it. And what he's done through it is so much more of a blessing than um, focusing on the pain daily because I don't know where I would be if I – had soccer right now mm. like i would be a completely different person okay mm-hmm. that's okay so uh it's a daily battle mm-hmm. uh, but the lord continues to show himself faithful yes yeah, yeah. and he's your stay yeah yeah no matter what mm-hmm. yeah because uh, you're very aware and it's it's mm-hmm. clear that you know where it could go yeah but but he's he he's i mean it's just incredible i mean the 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 way you talk about it so freely mm-hmm. and uh, the way you're um, you continually, you know, in this conversation, but what I, what I've seen too throughout the year and then hear, hear you say in chapel the other day is really your confidence is the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, it, it's not some, your confidence is not, maybe I'll be healed someday, but, mm-hmm. but it's, it's Christ no matter what. And so that's, that's really encouraging. I appreciate you being really vulnerable talking to us about these things and and just telling us what it's like well thanks for giving me the time uh you know this the the students schedule is um there's they have a few afternoons throughout the week where they may have some time off and then they have work days they've got uh, homework and they have outreaches so I, i appreciate it when they're willing to sit down for an hour because most of them are scared to death when they come to do this uh but uh but and Alyssa, thank you very much. I appreciate you you taking some time out of the week and, and doing this. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Our annual ladies retreat is just around the bend from April 14th through the 16th. And we are excited to welcome alumni and friends of the ministry to come for a weekend of fellowship and good teaching. If you or someone you know is interested in attending, please go to our website at hishill.org for more information or to register. 
Our speakers this year will be Bonnie Thomas and Sarah Snyder from Ravencrest Chalet. You've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, and one of our first-year students, Alyssa Smith. Thank you so much for listening this week. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ, alumni, and don't forget that the Lord is worthy of your heart and trust at all times, no matter what. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.